Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to the Fire in the Belly show. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we have the Brimstone. Good morning to you, sir. First and foremost, I got to tell you, Pete, finally Brimstone has made it to Fire in the Belly. Super stoked, super excited. I see your smiling face from all the way over in Ireland. So, brother, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to have it with you. Let's do it up, bro. I'm oh, ready. Loving it. Loving it. That's bringing the ready. energy. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. From one side of the Atlantic to the other. So it's cool, right? <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, all Brent, right. tell Let's us, who are you? Right what do you do? And where are you from? So what do you call it? For those of you who are not familiar with me, I go into the stage name Brimstone. I've been in entertainment for 40 plus years. I started back here in the, I'm from the States. What do you call it? Uh, for those of you listening over the pond. Um, pretty much I've been in entertainment for, like I said, for over 40 years, I started, um, on shows like Sesame street and romper room, which here in the States are pretty big deals. I don't know if it's as big of a deal over, over by you guys, uh, or if it's even a thing by you guys, but I was a child actor here. Uh, then, you know, moving forward, I toured the world in, in, uh, music in professional wrestling. I'm an actor and author, comic book character, animated character, kids book character, you name it, I've done it. I do voiceover work, animated stuff. And um, I'm also the host of the uh, the Grindhouse Radio on iHeart. And uh, we're on over uh, 30 different networks syndicated worldwide. And um, yeah, man, and I'm here hanging out with you. So you know, it's, it's a mouthful. Uh, that's an impressive CV. And, and I'm just thinking you're appearing in multiple CV, uh, multiple dimensions. You you appear as an animated character. You appear as a voice. You appear as yourself. You appear as the child version of you, obviously, when you were younger. Uh, so you, you've been appeared in pretty much every type of form you could appear in, it seems. Yeah, except adults. I don't want to do that. But, I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not going to steer clear of that when my wife wouldn't be too happy if I went to that route. <laughs> you don't want to embarrass um, people, yeah. do you, really? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, I've been I've been around for a long time. So I've done, you know, my my uh you know time everywhere. I, I've had, um, you know, I've done television. I've done commercial. I've done uh, print. I've done, um, you know, music. I've done wrestling. I've done this. I've done that. Um, yeah. And, and you know, when you're talking about animated and, and, and so forth, I not only voice my myself, but I do a ton of other different characters. You know what I mean? And uh, animation, and video games and, and so forth. So it's a really it's a really cool opportunity. And that really beefed up a lot during um, COVID. What do you call it? Since, you know, being in entertainment, and being on Brimstone 24-7. So I am my own business. I am my own brand, you know, on top of the businesses that I own and the things that I own within them. And, um, you know, during COVID, you know, you can't travel. You, 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 we couldn't do the the conventions that we normally go and sign at and, and uh, meet with fans. And, and you know, we, we always do very well at the conventions. Um, you know, things slow down, you know, everywhere you know, where we have normally, you know, have a ton of big sponsors. Some of the sponsors on the smaller side wound up going out of business. You know what I mean? And, you, you know, some, it, it was a different landscape. 
So you have to kind of, you know, figure out how you can kind of merge and kind of, you know, go with the ebb and flow of what's happening in the world. So one of the big things that I did was I started doing more and concentrating more on my voice work. So, you know, I started doing a lot more with animation, even though I was doing stuff before with, with, with that and with video games, I really dove into it and uh, picked up a whole bunch of different roles. And thankfully that helped me continue to go through mostly the entire pandemic. And I'm still coming out of, well, we're still in pandemic, but you know, at this point I'm still running strong. I've got about three different projects I'm working on uh, at once in terms of the VO stuff. And I have another couple that are in the hopper that I'm working on uh, next. So, you know, that's, that's been working out pretty well for me, thankfully. And um, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's something that's different, but I like to talk obviously. Um, and uh, I like to, you know, have fun with these different characters and get into their heads and get into the roles. And, um, you know, it's really, really cool to keep you on your toes, you know, and that's it's one of those things where, you know, you've got to you've got to be able to kind of get into a character real quick and, and be on point. And um, and, I, and I just enjoy it. I really do. And tell me, I mean, it's it's a lot of audio work. Is that is that your preference all about the audio as, a, as opposed to sort of video on screen stuff? It's. Is, it, is no. that a fair, fair thing to say? No, no. I like everything equally, to be completely honest. Um, I don't I, I don't like or dislike anything more or less. Um, I just enjoy doing what I do. Um, like I said, I get to be Brimstone 24-7. Um, you know, and for me, you know, uh, as long as I'm working and I'm leaving, you know, more, um, you know, to, to my legacy, and making the world a little bit better than it was when I, when I came into it, you know what I mean? Then that's what it's all about, you know? Um, so for me, I, there's nothing that I prefer more or less. Do I love doing voice stuff? Absolutely. Do I love doing on-screen stuff? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, if you can't tell, I like, I'm, I'm a very energetic person. Uh, so, you know, I, I have to have somewhere to put that energy. So anywhere, uh, anywhere we, we uh, kind of, wind up is is a, a good place for me oh cool and so tell me what what does fire in the belly mean to you Brim? what's what's it all about so you know a fire in the belly basically to me is something where you know you have that will and that desire to succeed to to pursue your dreams to pursue your goals and actually move forward and and uh, you know become something bigger than uh to be better than to leave a legacy and that for me is what being having a fire in your belly means um, very, very important. I think that, you know, as an entertainer, uh, as an entrepreneur, um, as somebody who, you know, lives and breathes, you know, my brand, um, I believe that, you know, having, if, if I didn't have that fire in my belly, I, I would never succeed. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a grind, you know, as you know, as anybody else who's in entertainment or as an entrepreneur knows, you know, it is a very, you know, tough, industry on both ends. Now, again, I say, you know, I, I kind of usually put it, you know, entertainers and entrepreneurs in the same uh, basket. And the reason for that is uh, entertainers are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs should be entertaining. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all in the same basket. We all work for ourselves. We all have a, you know, we all have to build a brand. Um, we're all working a lot harder than people that work for nine to fives think we are. So, uh, and there's nothing wrong with working a nine to five. Um, but at the end of the day, understand that we work just as hard, if not harder to get where we are. It's not all fun and games. 
um, you know, we, we bust our humps to, to make our bread and, and to put the food on the table. Out of interest. I mean, not, it's such a, it's a beautiful career and, and lots and lots of, you know, varied and, and wonderful opportunities, I suppose. But what for you is the underlying thing that, that sort of let you be where you are today? I mean, is it, is it an ethic? Is it a, a way of life? Is it a top secret approach? What is it, do you think? What, what what drives me to do it or what allows me to what allows me to do it is my wife. I'm lucky because otherwise I'd be castrated if she didn't want me to do something. So that, <laughs> you know, when I do it, I do it for my family. I do it to leave a legacy. Um, and and, uh, you know, again, I, I, I am. For me, I, I want to be able to just live life to the fullest, do everything I possibly can in order to you know, try anything that I want to try, do whatever I want to do. And I've knock on wood been successful with a very great portion of it. I've done pretty much almost everything I've wanted to do. Um, you know, there might be a few things here and there that, that I would really like to do or try. Um, but you know, I, I'm a firm believer of if you want something to be, make it be, if you want something to happen, make it happen. And, um, you know, anybody could do anything. It's just a matter of how hard you work. That, that's it. Um, so it, there is no secret to it. The secret is, you know, basically wake up every morning, get ready to get to work, bust your hump, go to bed, wake up, you know, rinse and repeat. You know what I mean? And, and, and don't be afraid of failure. Failure is a huge, huge, huge part of success. You cannot have success without failure. Um, you know, I failed plenty of times in my career and it, not necessarily by my own uh, what do you call it? Uh, not, not, not to my own fault, but because of other people, you know, and, um, you know, when, when things like that happen, what happens is, is you either learn from it and you utilize those, those, you know, seeds of knowledge to plant and move forward 10 steps or you fail completely. And, you know, you wallow in, in, in your failure. Now you never want to wallow in your failure because if you do that, then you've lost. So what you do is you take a couple of steps back, you evaluate, you figure out what went wrong, how it went wrong, why it went wrong, and figure what you have to do in order to take those, those little bits and pieces of knowledge and move forward 10 steps and succeed. You know what I mean? Um, and, and people, anybody can do it. It's just a matter of working 200%. Because if you're not doing it, someone else is. You know what I mean? And if you're not your own biggest fan, nobody else will be. And if you don't go out there and do the work, nobody's going to do the work for you. So, you know, in order to succeed, you really have to put, you know, your best foot forward and believe in yourself and not let anybody, anybody put you down, you know? That's cool. I'm just curious. I mean, are you typically, are you... Are you pain-based or pleasure-based by, by nature? I mean, do you love a challenge? Do you thrive when the chips are stacked up against you? Is that your moment of coming out? Or is that would you rather be calm and collected and working in a, a clean environment? <laughs> Listen, Pete, I'd love to be wooed. <laughs> I'd love to be wooed. Um, sometimes it doesn't work that way, um, but I do love a challenge. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm the guy that, you know, when I'm on, and I'm, I'm and, and I'm, you know, 100 percent I'm in the office or, or in the studio or whatever it is. I'm the guy that will pick up and have two phones going. You know what I mean? Making, you know, talking to contacts and making deals and making things happen. Um, you know, right now, summer coming out of a 
coming out of kind of the pandemic, you know what I mean? Figuring out what's going on moving forward. So I've kind of been, been getting my brain together, uh, especially with all the projects going on. So, you know, I, I, I'm not as beating the crap out of it like I normally would, um, kind of taking it a little easy right this minute. Uh, but that being said, you know, I love challenges. I love when challenges are put in front of me. I love being able to figure them out. But let's not sleep on the on the on the being wooed part. I like I like easy things too. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's it's nice to be able to get a layup without having to fight for it. So uh, that's that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, looking back, do you th- what what do you think has been the most part? Is it the is it the hard work? Is it sucking up the opportunities when they come? Is it law of attraction? What do you find has been the main theme that has helped you step forward then? I think the the biggest theme of helping me move forward, one is work ethic, and two is the fact that I am unapologetically authentic. And, um, you know, I'm not going to BS anybody. You know, I tell you how it is, when it is, and how it is. And, you know, and if there's an opportunity that that comes my way, I jump for it. Um, If I feel that it's right for me or right for my team or right for, you know, something that I'm I'm working, the space that I'm working in. you know, there, there are plenty of things that have come my way that I'm like, eh, maybe that's not for me, you know? Um, and, and some of those would have been layups, you know, it's just, it wouldn't work well for my brand. I wouldn't be able to integrate it in properly. Um, and, and that, you know, does that happen often? No. Um, but it does happen, you know, for, for, uh, to be completely blunt. I mean, you know, I, I only get behind brands that I can get behind because again, you know, you could pay me you know, a hundred grand, you know, to sit and talk about your product. If I, if, if I think your product's garbage, I don't want you a hundred grand because I can't talk about it, you know, because now what happens is, is now my fan base or, or, you know, anybody who's following me pays attention to what I say, then they go out and they try this brand and it, and it, and it sucks. And it's not what I said it is. Now I look, you know, unauthentic and I, and I, I would never want that to be. So, you know, I only get behind, you know, brands that I can get behind. And, you know, I, I really, for me, like my, my, my word is my bond. You know, I can't, I can't do anything other than that. And I think that's what helps me move forward. And would you say, I mean, core values, soul values, I mean, that, that sort of yeah. authenticity, is that, is that right in there for you? Is that baked in? Yes, absolutely. My mother, my mother taught me when I was young, you know, be yourself, be, be real. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, in, in, uh, the world of entertainment, the world, you know, which can be a very fake world. Um, I'm one of the real people, you know, and people that, that have been in the industry for a long time. Um, a lot of friends of mine, they recognize that, you know, they realize they, you know, when I say, Hey, if you need me, I'm there for you. They know I'm going to be there for them. It's not Hollywood talk, you know, it's, and, and I've done it and I've been there for a lot of people who've, who've really needed me over the years. Um, you know, and, and one of them who's currently in the news again, so, you know, at the, the end of the day, um, yeah, I think that's baked in. And I think that, that, you know, my mom taught me well. Um, and, and, and that could be to a fault, too, because, you know, you're, you know, sometimes you want to give and you want to be good and you want to help. And sometimes that can, can hurt you, um, you know, especially depending on who you're dealing with on the other end. Um, and that's, that has happened to me on a couple of occasions, too, which unfortunately caused major issues for me in my career. Um, you know, and and again, what do I do? I like I said earlier, I pick up, I learn from those mistakes, and I move on. And uh, you know, bigger and better. That's all I care about. Just be better. 
I say to, to my, my, you know, my partners all the time, I say to anybody I work with, I tell my kids, you know, I say, be better. That's it. You know what I mean? Um, everybody else wants to give 100%, be better. Give 150%, give 200%, give 110% if you can't give 200%. You know what I'm saying? Give, but do more because, um, you know, that's just as far as you're going to get is, is how much you give. So if you, if you expect it all to come to you, never going to happen. Do you, I mean, do you have a rough idea where you're going? I mean, have you, have you goals, dreams in mind? You've got certain key events or targets for yourself and then everything thereafter is just, it's a step toward that? Or are you more happy to work hard and let the opportunities flow where they go? Uh, listen, I, any, everybody has that, you know, um, specific goals. I would love to, you know, pick up a role on something that really, really blows up on, on television um, you know, I'd love to be, you know, either a character on a television series or in a film or, um, what do you call it on a, you know, doing an animated role or a voiceover role that really pops and becomes big. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm worldwide. Yes. I have a good fan base. Yes. You know, people know me all over the world, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you want that, that, you know, household recognition. Um, and eventually maybe I'll get that. And if I don't, I am still happy at where I am. So I think I've worked hard enough and, and um, I'm never, I'm, I'm never, let's, let's take that a step back. I'm never, you know, like um, I'm not, I'm not disappointed with where I am. I'm not happy to be where I am, but I'm okay. Does that make sense? I always want more, but I'm okay. Does that make sense? Just trying to. That's like you know, the entrepreneurial side, right? Because I mean, you yeah, can have everything and still want more, but that's that's the yeah. entrepreneur, and then you mix that with the entertainer, and it's like, well, yeah. you know, what what is more important for you? Is it the is it the exposure, the opportunity, or is it the the sort of success? As some would know, as the the financial side, the the status side. Which which do you think is which the biggest buzz for you? The legacy, leaving the legacy, leaving the name and the and the. Uh, um, and the projects and everything that I leave behind, um, you know, that, that my family will have me long after I'm gone. Um, obviously the money doesn't hurt, you know, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's just about being happy. The, the whole thing is not having to work for somebody else, working for myself, um, you know, working with my partners to build something bigger than us. Um, you know, that, that's what it's all about. And, and, you know, being able to leave my family, like I said, with something, of a legacy and people can look back and say, man, you know, that guy, Brim, he, he, he busted his hump. He cared for his family. He cared about his fans. He cared about the business. He cared about other people. He was a good person and look at all the stuff that he did, you know? Um, and that, that means a lot to me. So it's a little bit of everything. And I mean, look, the, the fame doesn't hurt. You know, it's nice to be able to go and, and rub elbows with the people I rub elbows with, you know, and, and the friends that I call friends, but I'm just as happy being friends with, you know, the, 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 my pal down the street who, you know, <laughs> has three kids and, and, you know, works a nine to five and, and drinks a beer when he gets off work and likes to kick back. I'm perfectly fine with that too, just as much as I am going to the big fancy ho uh, uh, Hollywood parties and, you know, <laughs> doing red carpets. I mean, it's, it's all relative. I, I, you know, I enjoy it all. And what's funny is that, um, you know, it, sometimes it is difficult, you know, with, you know, people who are not in entertainment, because sometimes people don't understand that that's just my world. So I'm not talking when we're having conversations. I'm not talking about the the, you know, the entertainment industry 
because I'm trying to show off or because I'm trying to name drop or because I'm trying to do this or that. That's not what I'm, I'm doing. I'm talking about that's what I know and that's where I am and that's who I'm with. You know what I mean? So like sometimes it's difficult for friends of mine who I've known for years or newer friends where, um, you know, they don't know me from entertainment. They know me from, you know, the school for my kids or, you know, uh, friends of friends or, you know what I mean? Like people like that. And, uh, you know, so sometimes it's, it's difficult simply because they don't understand my world. They don't live in my world. You know, um, somebody who is in my world and has done television or this or that or, or, or film or radio or podcasting, anybody who's been in entertainment for a while, you know, and does the things that I do will understand where I'm coming from because it's hard. It's hard. They don't understand that you can't call them every single day. It's not because I don't care, not because I don't love you. It's because I'm working and I'm grinding. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not making money. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And I need to make sure that I'm staying on the top of, of uh, the totem pole. So, uh, they, the, but they don't understand because they only work from nine to five. I work from seven, if, if not earlier till, you know, two, three in the morning. You know what I mean? That's my schedule. So, you know, because I deal with people all over the world and, uh, you know, here, case in point, I'm talking to you. Where are you? You know what I mean? So like at the at the end of the day, um, you know, people, people, um, they just don't understand. Um, you can't you can't be in someone else's shoes or, you know, if you haven't walked in, them. you know, and, and and it's a sad it's a sad thing sometimes because it has ruined friendships before um, or at least dulled them down. Uh, people that I would love to still be in contact with. But they just couldn't understand that, you know, I'm, I can't I, I, I don't have that extra five minutes to make that phone call. But if you call me, I'd be glad to sit and talk to you. But if you know it, but it also goes two ways. If you don't call me, don't be mad if I didn't call you. Right. So, but um, it is what it is. That's, you know that's life. Makes a lot of sense, really, I suppose. Uh, has it always been this way for you, Brim? I mean, is it is it something, are you who you, you know, is this this person, this character always been or is this something you transformed into? You know, I was always I was always uh, the kid who wanted to be out front, you know, right in the front and, and center. Um, even when I was in music, I was the drummer. I was in the back, but I was always in the front. Um, you know, I was one of the, the, the best known people in, in all the bands I was in because I was out there doing it. You know, um, somebody wanted an interview. Hell yeah, let's do it. Let's have a good time. I don't care if you have one listener, one reader or a million listeners or readers. I don't care. Let's do it. Let's get it on. And that's the same now as it is back then. I don't care. Um, as long as, you know, I connect with somebody like you, Pete, and you're across the pond and we get to sit and have a, you know, conversation and, and, you know, you, you know, you say, you know what, that room is a real cool guy. We're going to stay in touch and you know, I'll follow on social and we'll interact and we'll do this. And maybe we'll hang out at some point later in life. At the end of the day, I've done my job. You know what I mean? Whether you have a million people listening or, you know, one person listening and doesn't, I've done my job, you know? So for me back when, I mean, when I was in music, I was the guy that would be out there making all the deals, getting everything done and, and making sure that the band moved forward. Some people appreciate that. Other people are intimidated by that, you know? So um, being in a five-way marriage is not an easy thing, you know, <laughs> like, you know, so uh, for, for music, I mean, that's the only reason why I, I stopped playing when I did is because I just got sick of being in a five-way marriage, you know, and, and I wanted to work on something that I was able to work on and just be me, you know, and, and uh, 
let it flow. And um, what do you call that's when I went into pro wrestling. And, and uh, you know, when I was in wrestling, I should have stayed, I could have stayed a singles competitor, but I wound up doing, <laughs> doing a stupid and I got into, you know, a, a whole, you know, crew and, and uh, I was with the click and I was tag tag partners and, you know, and, you know, for me, you know, I still, I enjoyed the hell out of it, but um, you know, I also made sure that I pushed my regular, just me, my persona as well. And I've been brimstone for a very, very, very long time. So, you know, that's, that's who I am. I made sure that I was, you know, able to continue with my, my brand outside of the wrestling industry. Um, you know, it was, it was the next natural um, step, the next natural progression to go from, from wrestling into comic books, because what are pro wrestlers? Pro wrestlers are real life superheroes in the ring, larger than life characters. So I took the character and I moved them from the ring, took all the ring stuff out and put them in the comic book with all the gimmick stuff and no wrestling stuff. And it worked out very, very well, you know, and uh, you know, I continued to move from there. So, um, you know, for me, it's just, it's always the next natural progression. I hope I'm making sense. I know I bounced around a little bit. No, it's cool. I'm just I'm curious. I mean, is, you know, that how successful generally are people at that transition? It sounds like you've done very well. You know, you've, you've gone from the, the you know, the wrestling scene, comic scene, et cetera. And you, you know, you've bounced through and multiple careers, if you like, or multiple opportunities, but does everyone get that? Does everyone actually manage to transition or is it more, more jumpy than that, more lumpy? Um, to be honest, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't want to speak for everybody else, um, but but I can tell you that there it's very rare. Um, you know, most people don't transition into you know all different you know areas of entertainment um, you know as fluidly as, as I have. Um, but I also do it the way I do it because I have a, a sales and marketing background, and um, you know I I understand the inner workings of the business side. I understand branding. Um, and I also own my own brand, you know, where a lot of the guys that are in the wrestling industry don't necessarily own their own names. They don't own their own gimmicks. Um, and you know, that, that could be a big problem for a lot of them. Mm. So, you know, and, and again, not everybody's going from that into comics. A lot of wrestlers will go from the ring and try to get into acting. Um, problem is a lot of guys can't act. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Um, you know, the ones that do, you know, they're going to make a good run at it. You know what I mean? You know, they're going to make a good run. Like who, who wouldn't have thought that the rock was going to be a huge name. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Hulk Hogan's another, you know, Hulk Hogan is Hulk Hogan. The rock is, is just, you know, uh, beyond, uh, John Cena is decent. You know, um, Batista has, has blown people's minds. Um, you know, but these are the guys that have gone into superstardom. And they utilize the WWE machine to kind of get a big catapult into uh, the, the film industry. But they brought it when they got there. You know what I mean? They brought it when they got if they If they didn't bring it, they wouldn't have made it. Doesn't matter how big they are in, in the wrestling world. The wrestling world is small. The thing that Vince McMahon has always done that, you know, um, uh, to the, to, to what do you call it? The unfortunate dismay of, of wrestling fans is him. They don't care about the wrestling fans. They care about the general public. They want everybody walking down the street to know who their big superstars are. You know what I mean? And, and so, so, you know, even though the wrestling fans are the ones who are like, 
oh my God, it's this one, it's that one, the next one. They want everybody to know who their players are. They don't necessarily need them to be watching the product, but you sure as hell know if they know who The Rock is, they're going to go buy Rock merchandise. They're going to buy a shirt or whatever because they like it. You know, they don't have to watch wrestling. You know, they're building their characters up for more. So the fact that, that um, you know, these certain characters have taken it, grabbed it by the cojones and, and made their way with it, you know, I mean, that's just, it's just incredible what they've done. Um, but they had such a large machine behind them to begin with. So mm. that's, uh, you know, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. I'm, 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 you know, very proud of anybody that's come out of the industry and has done more than just wrestle. Well, well, it was many, many Brim's original plan. I mean, what were you going to do when you grew up? Was wrestling always on the cards? No, I wanted to be a rock star. And, uh, you know, when I, when I, you know, my, my first, my first true love was drumming. And, um, even though I did the acting when I was a kid and so forth, I, my first true love was drumming. I loved art and I wanted to be a, a famous comic book artist, even though I'm not the artist, I, you know, I did more of the writing and the creating and so forth, um, you know, for the comics. Uh, but I wanted to be like famous, famous artist, and, uh, what do you call it? And then my true love, like I said, was drumming. I got into to elementary school and, uh, what do you call it? I, I first, first you had to play the, the, what do you call it? Not the flute, but the, what do you call it? Um, recorder. Was it yeah. The recorder. Thank you. Oh my God. Everybody, <laughs> nobody likes that. Um, <laughs> then I, yeah. And then I had to do the violin and then what do you call, uh, they gave me the opportunity to play, uh, to pick an instrument and I was able to pick the drums and it was all, but to the memories, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I picked them up and, and I just fell in love and, um, you know, drums and percussion became my thing. And, um, you know, when I, when I heard, um, where I grew up, I was, I was one of the only white kids. I grew up in an all black area, you know, I was, I was, um, all hip hop, all rap, uh, reggae, stuff like that. And, um, when I was going to go into middle school, my mother actually took me out and sent me was, which was culture shock to me an all white Jewish school, because I'm also Jewish. So they put, she put me in an all white Jewish school and, um, complete culture shock for me. And, um, I was different. It was very different because I was into, you know, rap and hip hop and, and so forth. And they were all rock and metal and, you know, <laughs> such. And then I, so I, you know, for me, it was, it was different. And, um, you know, at, at the very beginning, I mean, I, they, I got made fun of and, um, then I had to beat someone's ass and then all of a sudden everybody respected me. Um, and because, you know, I came from the hood, so you don't sleep on someone who comes from the hood. And, <laughs> and, uh, what do you call it after that? I mean, I started, um, bonding with some of the guys there and I, I got into rock and metal as well. And, um, when I first saw, well, first I heard, and then I saw, um, Tommy Lee from uh, Motley Crue, uh, that was over. It was over for me. I said, you know, I want to be that guy. I want to be a rock star. I want to be the flashy, you know what I mean? Player who's out there and, and, you know, making heads turn. And that's, that's what I want to do. And, um, you know, I started and I did it. You know what I mean? I, I, I succeeded. I could have done more with it. I could have gone farther with it. Um, but at that point I was like, well, it's time to kind of switch. And that's when I went into wrestling, but, um, I at least succeeded in what I wanted to do. And it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Not originally when you sort of stepping into music class and drumming and stuff, who, who was the go-to at that time? I mean, that was probably pre Tommy Lee, wasn't it? It was, you know, there'd be. No, um, because I was born in 74. 
and Motley Crue came out in the eighties. You're talking about the okay. early eighties. Hmm. So, you know, I was, when I went to private school, I was going into middle school. So what I was like, my, my daughter is going to middle school now. She's going to be 11. So I was either 11 or 12, you know what I mean? 13, something like that. No, no, 11 or 12. Um, and what do you call it? I, uh, I, I, yeah. And that's when Motley Crue was out and getting bigger. So again, you're talking about um, when I, when I first started playing in a band, my first band was, I was like 12, 13 years old. So yeah, you know that, and we called it private school because we were in private school. So, and that's when I saw, you know, Tommy Lee guys like, what do you call it? Um, uh, Fred Curry from Cinderella, who I'm friends with now years later, Jimmy DeAnda from Bullet Boys, same thing. Um, what do you call it? Uh, Rod Morgenstein, another good friend of mine from Winger and Dixie Dregs, you know, and these were all guys that I had on my wall, you know, like these are the guys that were in my, my, um, in my, my area where I had all my drum kits. Um, I had them all up on the wall. I, you know, these were the, the guys I wanted to, you know, to, to portray when I got behind the kit. And, um, and I did, you know, these were, and these were also the guys that were not just quiet little mouse mice behind the kit. They were out there. They were in front, even though they were in the back, they were in the forefront, you know, they were the guys that you paid attention to. So it was a very interesting uh, situation, but yeah, no time wise. Um, yeah, no Motley crew. They were out. I think at the time, um, it must have been girls, girls, girls must have come out. I think that was right around the time. I don't know. Something right around there. But when was that? Like 80 something? I don't know. It's a good question, right? Mm. Yeah, God dear knows. <laughs> it's that, um, what was it do you think about the drums? Is it, is it a form of expression? Is it a, you're tying it all together? Is the background, background beat? What do, you, what do you think it is? Is it actually the. By the Girls, girls, girls came out May fifteenth, nineteen eighty seven. By the way, so there yeah. you go. Yeah. So there, seventy four to eighty four to five eighty six seven thirteen. There you go. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So in terms of in terms of um, and shout at the devil was in nineteen eighty three. So yeah. So that was still earlier than that. Um. Anyway, back back to that. What you what your question was? Uh. Yeah. No, I loved the. I loved that it was an outlet for me. I loved that I was able to to you know beat those things as hard as I needed to. Um, if I was having a bad day, um, I was able to, you know, finesse them uh, when I was having a good day. And then I was able to link the two together. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I was able to just, you, you know, you're, you're the backbeat of the music. You know, people are like, oh, it's the, the guitars are amazing. Or, oh, the singer is so awesome. But you know what? The, the drums are the ones who lead the, lead the band. Um, you know, without the, the drums in the background and, you know what I mean? To, to guide the song, um, you got nothing. You know, yeah, you can make beautiful music everywhere, but the drums are the backbone. Is music in the family? Is it in-laws, outlaws, yeah. parents? Yeah, my father, my father uh, you know, sang and uh, still sings to this day. And he plays the guitar. Um, not, not, uh, he was never taught. He was self-taught. And um, he was in music. He was in entertainment. He, you know, um, he was going to, uh, he could have done some things. It's a fantastic voice. Um, the problem was, is that, you know, it's just, it's a hard business to be in. And, um, you know, even though he still sings to this day, he just, you know, he didn't pursue it as a maiden career. Um, but he supports, what I, you know, everything I do, which is great. So, you know, uh, sometimes they, they question certain judgments, you know, judgment calls that I have. And um, other times they go, all right, well, you know, 
that's a good choice. <laughs> you know, that, that's good. That's a big deal. You know, right now I'm in the middle of filming a new series with my son. And um, what do you call it? I can't talk about what it is and what it's about and so forth because it's under NDA. But, you know, they were like, wow, all right, that's that's a great deal. You know, uh, they see what we do with Grindhouse Radio and they're like, you guys are doing phenomenal things. Um, so, you know, and then certain products or something that I come out with and they go, eh, I didn't necessarily like the flavor of that one. It's like, well, it's not for you, but, you know, a few hundred thousand other people loved it. So, <laughs> you know, I think I'm OK, but um, it is what it is. I mean, how how. Um... I suppose, how are you able to reflect in that? I mean, can you see the stuff that's good for you, that's bad for you, that really sets your world on fire, that doesn't? I mean, is, is, is your intuition strong enough to do that? Or do you just say yes as much as you can and give it a whirl, see what happens? Actually saying no is is a healthy thing, and it's a good thing sometimes. Um, and, and it's funny because uh, I had that conversation years ago with uh, my buddy Ron Thal, better known as Bumblefoot. He was with Guns N' Roses for a long time. Um, one of the best guitarists in the world. And the two of us were talking and we were just, we used to have marathon conversations when we had more time. And, um, you know, one of the things he said, he goes, you know, I learned one of the, the most interesting things. He's like, you know, because what he would do, the same as me, you know, we would all, we'd say yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. And then all of a sudden what happens is you're burned out because you're doing all this stuff and not, not everything necessarily pans out to what it should be. And, you know, rather than doing something productive or something for yourself or something that, you know, uh, with your family or whatever, you're doing all these things that are not necessarily anything that's going to, you know, help you help somebody else that, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, why am I here kind of a thing, some of these, some of those occasions. So, you know, he was like, I, you know, he's like, I'm going to start saying no to things. And this was years ago. And, uh, and I was like, I was like, you know what, that's a really good way to look at it. And, um, I started saying no to things, um, not because I wanted to, uh, but because I thought that it was the right thing. And, um, you know, like how many how many charities I already do and then how many other charities want me to do stuff for them. And and I can't possibly do everything. Otherwise, there's no time for me. And then I'm not making money and I'm not doing something that's going to help put me forward and move me forward. So certain things um, like that. And, and half the time, they don't even appreciate the fact that you're there anyway, which is even crazier. Um, you know, so what do you call it? I, I like to support the charities that care that I'm there and working hard for them. Um, but that being said, you know, in, in terms of uh, in terms of 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 what you're what you're mentioning, um, you know, the, you know, in terms of like me saying no, um, you know, I think that 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 was a huge thing for me, and that allowed me to really pursue things that um, were of more were more of interest to me, um, rather than things that I'm like, yeah, it could be all right. You know, because um, I've had so many things that are thrown in front of me, and you also have to be able to to you know figure out who the real ones are from who the fake ones are. You know, I've got I get every other day somebody asking me if I want to be to help produce this or they'll put my name on that or do bro, I don't have enough time in my day to sit in and help promote your, your project as well. You know, like, um, you know, like great a, a producer credit. What is that going to do for me? You know what I mean? Like I appreciate it, but if your project goes nowhere, you know, then I've just spent and wasted X amount of time on something that's not fully mine. 
I'd rather work on my own project, be the producer of my own project. And, and I'll take that as it, as it comes, you know what I mean? Um, or you can, you can, you know, make me a sweeter deal. And then perhaps I will jump on that producer thing. You know what I mean? It really depends on the situation it is. So, you know, again, it, it's like, <sighs> depends on what you're, what you're dealing with, you know, uh, I have many different products that, you know, Oh, you, you know, do you want to do this kind of, I've got this kind of a, a product, uh, you know, Oh my God. One of them was like some kind of a slime thing that somebody had. I'm like, man, it's really not for me. Thank you so much. Oh no, but you could do, uh, no, no, it's just not for me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you just have to say no, you know, and that helps you decipher what's right and what's wrong. So. And for that, I mean, that ability to say yes and say no, I mean, are you, are you able to, I mean, do you, do you need to reflect off others? Do you need mentorship or is it, have you been able to actually work that out through yourself? Because imagine it's quite a unique career that you've woven. So there's not many are going to be able to mentor you, right? Or is that the case? Yeah, no, nobody's really mentored me with any of this. Like, you know, it really depends on where I am and what I'm doing at that time. Um, you know, I've, I've consulted with my wife often because obviously anything that I'm doing takes more time away from her and the family. Um, so there are things that I'll, I'll consult with her you know, about like, you know, for instance, I, I, you know, uh, manage, you know, or advise a, a young singer songwriter, um, what do you call it? Arizona Lindsay, who's, who's an incredible talent. And, um, you know, I, 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 for that, she asked me if I would do it. And, uh, at first I said, no, I'm being, I said, no, I said, no, I can't, I'll help you with what I can, but I, I can't take on that responsibility. And then I'm like, all right, this kid needs guidance. She needs help. And, and, but I'll do it. Somebody else is going to jump in there and, and, you know, and either take advantage or do something that they shouldn't do. And, uh, you know, she's, she's, uh, really, really good. So I spoke to my wife. I said, what do you think? She's like, if you think that it's worth it, if you think that it's going to be beneficial, not just to her, but for yourself and, and you believe in it, then I'm, I'm hundred percent for it. So I said, yes. And, you know, and, and, you know, now I'm, I'm managing her for the last couple of years and she's doing things. She's actually releasing a track with my buddy DMC from Run DMC, I I set that up, and uh, that'll be coming out, you know, in September for uh, uh, Suicide Awareness Month here in the states, and I guess around the world. So, um, you know, for the, for for that, you know, it was something that I originally said no to, and then my wife said, you know what, you really you were moved by the music, you thought she was a, a really good performer, you should do it, and I'm like, okay, so I did it. Um, other times, you know, there are certain things or certain things I'll reach out to. I have, um, you know, Tom and Kim from, from Grindhouse where I'll, I'll say, you know, what do you guys think of this? What do you think of this event? Or what do you think of this project? And sometimes they'll be like, yeah, it sounds really good. And I'll be like, yeah, it does sound really good. Or maybe they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a good thought, you know? And so, yeah, I'll, I'll toss things around, you know, with the people that I work with and the people that I trust. Um, but, you know, in terms of a, a mentor, mentor, I had, you know, one in, in pro wrestling, which is uh, the original Gino Caruso. And um, what do you call it? He was my mentor through a lot. And, uh, you know, and, and yeah, I would, I would touch base with a lot of different guys in the industry then. Um, but aside from that, nobody really that, that jumps out, you know, and has said, oh, you should try this or you should do that. Or you should, there are people who've tried to tell me things like that. Um, but most of these people haven't been in my shoes. If you haven't stepped in my shoes and you haven't walked in my shoes, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. All due respect. So, you know, for me, I, I, I've kind of lit my own way, you know? 
Out of interest, I mean, how important do you think it is? Because I've noticed there there's a bit of a theme goes on with yourself in terms of you having multiple, you know, owning or, or controlling multiple parts of the actual um, the food chain, if you like. So it's not just a case of, you know, say the wrestling. It's also a case of owning the brand, being responsible for multiple parts. Do you think that's key in, in anything nowadays whereby you either – you know, you're not just the one thing. You're also maybe a controller or a manager or you own the rights of or you hold the branding to. Is that key, do you think? Yes, um, especially in, you know, you're talking about in entertainment, entrepreneurship. Think about all the people that are out there and they've all played these amazing roles on television or these incredible roles in film. They don't own the IP. They don't own anything. All they are is... You know, they're great actors, great actresses. They're great, you know, performers, but they don't own it. They get nothing. They get nothing from it. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of a percentage here and there. They'll get like residuals on stuff. But you're talking about cents, not even dollars. You're talking about cents. Um, you know, perfect example. You know, in the, in the pro wrestling world, uh, there was a, a legend who passed away not too long ago. Um, went under the stage named Kamala. And... Um, the guy was huge in his time. Um, what do you call it? over the years? He wound up losing his legs to diabetes. He, you know, he had issues upon issues and he would get 30 cent checks uh, sent to him, 30 cent uh, royalty checks, which is a known thing. You can go online and look it up yourself. And uh, it's, it's like adding insult to injury for all the time that he put in and he didn't own his name. So he couldn't even use the IP and do anything, you know, with it. So, um, you know, there are a lot of other people that are like that. Um, you know, there's think about how many people that are, are playing a character on television and then the TV go, the show goes off air and that's it. You know what I mean? Think about shows that that, um, you know, have gone on for a long time and it was successful here. The Cosby show was a perfect example. It was a huge show and people and, and the people that were within it made tremendous residual, you know, for a while. Until Cosby did what he did, and they cut that off, and now you can't find it anywhere. And what happens? Everybody's checks, and they can't do anything with. You're not so they're not getting residual. They can't use their their um, the characters for anything. They can't use the Cosby Show name, not just because they don't own it, but, but it's also because it's tainted at that point. And you know what? What are they? What are they going to do? You know what I mean? So they can go sign at conventions, but you know, do people want to go and support the Cosby Show? You, you follow me? So there are different reasons why people, you know, lose in this situation. And um, it's either because, you know, you're a character that you, it's usually because you're a character that you can't capitalize off of. The Comic Cons kind of level that playing field a little bit simply because you can go as an actor and have out all your eight by tens of pictures of you, you know, in the films and people will buy them and, you know, you can sit and sign them. But how many times is somebody going to buy the same eight by 10 from? You know what I mean? How many times, you know, which is one of the reasons why I said, you know, for me, when I go to the conventions, I don't want to just have my eight by tens out because eight by tens are great. But I, I, I would also how many times is somebody going to get an eight by 10 for me? So how much cooler is it if they pay a little bit less and they buy one of my sauces or one of my seasonings or one of the comic books or a kid's book or my cologne or coffee or you know what I mean? Or my my sunglasses, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Um I, at least now they're buying into the brand. They have more things. They run out of the seasoning. Well, guess what? They loved it. They're going to come buy more. Maybe they're going to buy sauce and seasoning. That helps push me, helps push my brand, helps, you know, make the money that I need to make without 
you know, charging for a, a piece of paper with my signature on it that's probably going to get stuck in a drawer somewhere. You know what I mean? It's actually being used. So, um, you know, that's that's you know part of my longevity. That's part of the reason why I've done multiple things, and that's why I absolutely believe that it's important to own your IP. Um, it's very it's, it's and and if you like here, you know, in terms of the Grindhouse Radio, like. Uh, it's a shared IP. We, we, you know, we all own the IP together, um, but we're all our individual brands within the IP. You know what I mean? So I'm still Brimstone within, but outside of this, you know, the Grindhouse Radio, Tom Greer, Mr. Greer, in and out, Kim and Dragner, the same thing, you know, and this is, the, you know, so we're building the brand together as well as build, building our brands personally. So, you know, it all kind of works together in tandem. Um, you know, if, if you don't have a piece in, in the IP, you can build it up to whatever it is. And then, you know, you could be let go and that's it. And bye, you know, it's like working a nine to five, you work a nine to five for 30 years. And then, you know, one day they decide, well, you know what? We don't need you anymore. See ya, you know, and you're done. You don't have anything to show for it. You're gone. That's it. End of story. Um, and, and, you know, so it's, you can think of it that way. You know what I mean? Like you're losing your job. You lose, you know, everything that came along with it. So not, not owning your IP, not owning your trademarks. That's the issue you put yourself into. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting. Isn't it? That's single point of failure, but it could actually be worse than a single point of failure if, if the brand comes tainted, right? And it, it loses yeah. it. And not only you're almost denying that is like, yeah, no, I maybe I didn't work on that show for X or did Y or whatever, right? So it's... yeah. Yeah, it's super, super interesting, you know, knowing well, what's, you know, how it's yeah. going to serve. You know, you got like uh, the one who played the, the the character Elton. Elton, I think was the name, which was the older daughter's husband. Uh, you know, he was he was bagging groceries because he didn't get he didn't have any work. He had no work coming in. And and what do you call it? Uh, his, um, you know, and, and the Cosby show was not bringing in any, any anything financially anymore because it got bagged and, and you can't find it anywhere. So he didn't get any residuals. And, um, you know, he wasn't high enough in the, the, you know, total pole in Hollywood to be making that kind of money. So what do you call it? He was, he's like, you know, well, I got to bag groceries. I got to bag groceries. So, and then what do you call it? What helped him was the fact that fans saw him and they, they started taking pictures and it became a big to do. Like how the hell is one of the guys from one of the biggest shows in history sitting and bagging groceries? Well, this is why. And they helped him and, and, you know, he's back in the business again and whatever it is, but um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, you should always have your hands in, in a bunch of different cookie jars. It's always been my thing. I have my hand in a bunch of different cookie jars. And, um, you know, if something stops working or doesn't work or, you know, is stagnant, well, I still am doing three or four other things, you know? So, um, you know, thankfully that, that helps me weather bad times. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, you know, it's a wide base, right? So it's, Gives you plenty of leverage, gives you things. So tell me what's, what's your sort of daily habits? You know, do you have a daily habits or daily sort of rituals as such? Um, what do you call it? Yeah. Well, I wake up, you know, when I wake up, I, I get up, I like to, I enjoy when we have the opportunity, which for recently we've made the time and made the opportunity. Um, but I'll get up, we'll have my morning coffee with my wife and, uh, we try to spend a little bit of quality time together because, Again, happy wife, happy life. And, and to be honest, I'm a family guy, you know, so I like spending time with my wife. Um, and, uh, you know, when I, when I get up, I get ready. 
Um, I, I come to the studio on most occasions. Like, like I said, recently, I've been taking a little bit of a, a breather. But like on most days, I'll come in, I'll get here bright and early. And what do you call it? We have our little clerk sign on the outside of our, our studio that just says we're closed. And I always, it's like a, a every, I have to turn it to it's open. Um, it's one of my, my rituals. Like this is, we're going to have a good day. Boom. It's open. And now we're, we're ready to go. Um, you know, that's one of my things. And then I'll come and I'll have my second cup of coffee. <laughs> I sit behind here and I go through, you know, all my emails that I didn't get to the night before or throughout the night when I wake up and, and feel the need to go and check everything. Um, I go through, you know, I'll usually do between two or three interviews a day, depending on the day. Um, you know, when I prepare for that, I set up and do that. And, um, you know, that's just like, that's my regular, you know, get up and go. Um, obviously not including my showers and all that. <laughs> if you want to know all the brushing the teeth stuff, and I'll tell you that too. But, um, you know, so that's my daily morning routine. And then, um, you know, throughout the day, obviously I'm doing 50 different things, wearing a hundred different hats. Um, and, but then at night, you know, when people are, are done and they're winding down, I'm still online either doing social media or, you know, sending out, you know, um, reaching out to different people, uh, touching base uh, with people for uh, different projects, dealing with people for different projects, setting up other appearances, you know what I mean? Doing, um, uh, you name it and I do it. I mean, I, that's, that's pretty much it. No, and sometimes I won't get to bed until 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, at times later, sometimes I get lucky and I get to sleep early. Last night I got to sleep at, at about one thirty, two o'clock. So it was a good night for me. You know what I mean? It was a good night. That's some, that's some serious committed hours there. I love that. I mean, that's, but it's, it's obviously something you enjoy. It's something you're passionate about, right? It's, it's sort of built yeah. into you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. It's work ethic. Um, but again, I, like, and, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I'll always be honest. You know, the last couple of months, you know, over the summer, especially, I don't want to say coming out of pandemic because we're still in pandemic, but, you know, I, I, I had to take a, a, a breather because I have so many projects going on and we had so many things going on. Um, what do you call it? We, we saw the departure of one of our, uh, of one of our longtime partners here in, in, uh, at Grindhouse, which caused the three of us, we had to take on extra no burden and and make sure that things were running smoothly, which we did really quickly. But it was stress, and and you know, and, and at the end of the day, um, you know, we we had to make sure that our well-oiled machine was still continuing to be a well-oiled machine. And um, what do you call it? Like for for um, for me, um, you know, I just needed to take a little bit of downtime. So I'm working every day. I'm still doing the interviews every day. I'm doing everything I need to do, but um, I'm just not coming in every single day I'm doing stuff from home or, you know, I'll, I'll sit outside in, in the yard and I'll, I'll do some interviews out there or I'll do, you know, my emails outside with a cup of coffee with my wife, you know what I mean? My dog running around and, and I'm just taking some time once, once school year starts again, you know, I'll be back in here regular every single day when I'm not touring. Um, you know, when I'm touring, obviously I can't be here, but I'm very hands-on. I'm very, very hands-on. So. Oh, it's a beautiful way to be, you know, it's, Tell me this, what, what, when's a great time to get you into a room and when's a great time to get you out of a room? You know, where, where's your creative bits and what are you great at and what are you terrible at? Um, I, I have a lot of things that I'm, the things that I'm really, the things that I'm good at, I'm really good at. The things that I'm bad at, I'm really bad at. <laughs> um, you know, like IT, I can't do IT. We were here the other night working on something um, IT and it was hilarious because, 
you know, um, what called Greer's actually sitting next to me. They were laughing at me because I know nothing about IT. Um, what do you call it? So we were trying to figure this stuff out and, and, um, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's not me. I can't do it. But, you know, like I excel at, you know, the sales and marketing and advertising and writing and, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, being the face of, of, you know, a company and, and being faces, a uh, face of brands, um, you know, that I excel at stuff like that. I excel at promotion, uh, for, for different brands and making sure that, you know, that, that their name is put out with the best foot forward. I mean, for God's sake, I mean, we, we, we represented, um, they, Wendy's had wanted me to represent them over at, uh, the IMDB boat, uh, the yacht for, uh, San Diego Comic-Con because we were signing Grindhouse was signing over at San Diego. So they wanted me to, to do the, the yacht after hours. And, and, uh, we all went to the yacht and represented Wendy's and, you know, um, because they knew that I was going to represent properly and GHR was going to represent properly. And, um, you know, that being said, you know, then IMDB got to know us and they fell in love and was like, you guys got to be hanging with us every night this, this, uh, this week. And we wound up being on the yacht every single night and hanging out with them and repping the IMDB brand, you know? So like it, it's, it's, that's the stuff I do well, you know what I mean? Um, I'm a mover, I'm a shaker. Um, what do you call it? But, you know, put me in front of some serious tech stuff and I have no idea what's going on. So, <laughs> but everything else, negotiations, that's me. I'm, I'm really good at negotiations. Um, that's it. So every so, so, but every so often, you know, you get creative block, you know, um, it happens to the best of us. Uh, but then I just try to find inspiration somewhere else. You know what I mean? And then I'll work on a different project for a little while, you know, and then come back to it if I'm, I'm getting, you know, a little stale. Yeah. What's, I mean, pleasure and leisure. What does that look like for you? What was that? Pleasure and leisure. I mean, that's sort of downtime. What, what do we see you recharging? Um, I actually did a, uh, nice family vacation, um, recently for the summer. We went away, um, a few weeks ago. Uh, we went and did the Florida thing with, uh, Disney and universal and everything. And now what's, what's funny is that, um, I usually do a lot of work with a lot of these companies and, you know, I'll do social media when I'm there or I'll do whatever it is that I need to do, um, uh, to earn my keep, so to speak, because I'm doing brimstone stuff while I'm work while I'm, while I'm away. But this time I just did as bare minimum as possible. And, um, you know, and a lot of the companies weren't, weren't doing things, you know, at this point because of, you know, pandemic and shutdowns and, you know, like you name it. So I was kind of like, you know what? I don't even care. I just want to go relax and not have to work at all, not have to do anything. Um, that was leisure for me, not doing a damn thing, being, you know, not being, I, yeah, I'm brimstone. I'll always be brimstone. I'll always get stopped. You know, I'll always have people recognizing at some point in time or looking at me like, I know you from somewhere. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, you know, that's just, that's my life and I'm okay with that. Um, but what do you call it? Not having to like work, work. That was, that was, you know, beautiful. And what's really funny is I still worked because I had one day, it was, a, it was the Wednesday and, and rather than doing the theme parks, I was in the, what do you call it? I was in the, uh, the resort and I did about four interviews and two of my shows uh, <laughs> remote from, uh, from Disney. So, you know, I was still working, I, you know, and, and everybody laughed at me. They're like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be on vacation. I was like, yeah, I know, but my, my work ethic, I couldn't, I couldn't not do anything. 
It's, I mean, it's a beautiful life of entrepreneurship, right? There's sometimes a bit of a gray line, but also yep. flip side is you get the great privileges to go with too. So <laughs> that's true. Very yeah, true. Bit of both. What, what's a bit of a guilty pleasure for you, Graham? Um, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I like to eat. <laughs> that's a problem. So what do you call it? It's, it's, uh, it's, I, I, I indulge, um, you know, I'm a big, big, big barbecue guy. What do you call it? Um, I work with, with a bunch of, of, uh, companies within the foodie industry. Um, you know, Yoder smokers endorses me, which they're, they're the most phenomenal, uh, grill smokers that, that you can get your hands on. Um, what do you call it? And, and a ton of different companies, you know, Spaceman knives, Ergo knives, uh, you know, two acre woodworks, you know, like all these different companies, Jack's fire pellets. Like these are all companies that, uh, all endorse me and all, you know, work with me because, um, I am in the foodie space as well. So, you know, that's a guilty pleasure. I love to cook. I love to eat. Um, I love to spend time with my son doing that. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, just last night, we actually put in the brisket, um, you know, at about 10 o'clock, I should say he put in the brisket. I was lazy. Uh, but I made burgers before that. Actually, I set them up and he put them in. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that he did most of the work last night and I just kind of relaxed, but, um, <laughs> I normally will do most of the cooking also and, uh, or a good portion of the cooking is, uh, you know, on my own. and I enjoy that. That's a guilty pleasure. Put you in front of the barbie and you're, you're in your element, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I utilize all my sauces and seasonings when I do it. So it's like, uh, it's a, it's a, always a fun time. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So tell me if you were to try and summarize your fire in the belly in one or two words, what, what would it look, what would they be? If I was to, if so, I was to summarize your fire in the belly in one or two words, what would they be? Determination and uh, legacy. Uh, legacy is a big one for you, right? It's really, yeah. really Huge. important. Huge. Why? Death is the one thing that fear, death is the one thing that I, I fear. Um, and what do you call, I don't fear many things. Like I said, the one thing that I do fear though is death and leaving a legacy is very important to me. I want, I want people to remember me for years to come after I'm gone. And I want my family to be able to remember me for years to come once I'm gone. So, you know, and I, and I think I've left a big enough collection of, you know, of me behind, you know what I mean? At this point. So everything else, let's continue to, to run this train until the wheels fall off, you know? No, it's awesome. Why not? Good exposure. And do you say it's not a case of remembering you? It's like, will he ever die? <laughs> it's like there's, <laughs> there's remnants of him everywhere, right? Hope not. I just I just had my my 47th birthday uh on Sunday. Oh, happy birthday. So thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> many, many I'm, more to come. I I, I hope. <laughs> I hope. I love it. I love it. So tell us where can people reach out to you, follow you, track you, stalk you, any of the above? Definitely hit me up. My official website is therealbrimstone.com. Uh, what do you call it? I'm also very, very, very um, heavy on my Instagram uh, at therealbrimstone. It is verified. You'll know it's me. Um, I It's me who responds to you there, not my wife, not my intern, not my assistant. It's always me. Um, what do you call it? If you you know write on my posts, I'm going to write back to you. I respond to everybody as long as you're respectful. Um, you have questions, you have, you know, like any of that, feel free to hit me up there, um, you know, but right on the posts, you know what I'm saying? Engage. I like to be engaged. Um, and th that's the two, you know, biggest spots to get me. You can find out pretty much everything about me on my official site. There are a couple of things that still need to be added here and there, but um, you know, like you, you could find everything. Um, you can also catch me on a bunch of the shows that I do. 
You've got my flagship brand, uh, the Grindhouse Radio. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when we launch every single week. Um, you can get us on iHeart or you know over 30 different networks worldwide. You can go to thegrindhouseradio.com. Um, if there's a celebrity that you, you love, you know, you can look at, look it up on the guest list and just start from there. If you, you want to, you know, get started somehow, but not sure to where to get started. And, uh, you can always go there. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. You could also tune in live on Wednesdays, uh, 2 PM Eastern standard time to, uh, the grindhouseradio.com or our Facebook page, uh, the grindhouse radio. Um, and you'll catch myself and Mr. Greer from grindhouse doing, uh, truly inconsequential which is a lot of fun. We sit and debate two uh, pop culture characters uh, weekly. And what do you call it? You can also get it on YouTube and Twitch. So definitely check that out. And uh, you can see all the old episodes there. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Um, more people that sit and look and like and respond, the more it hits the algorithms and, and uh, will definitely help us out. So we always appreciate that. Um, please subscribe. Very, very important. And, uh, I know Mr. Greer always says that on every episode, subscribe, 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 mash the like button, you know, please do that for us. I also do a show called the dirty little secrets club, uh, with Dana Pereira of the, that trophy wife life that comes out on Tuesdays as long as well as my, um, within brim skin, uh, that comes out on Tuesdays as well. So that's a brim filled day. Um, and you know, everything can be found on, like I said, my website, uh, and the grindhouseradio.com. So hopefully you guys will check it out. And I've got some other projects coming real soon uh, that I can talk about, what do you call it, uh, that you guys will blow your mind. So stay tuned, hang out, and uh, hope to see you soon. Wow, that's some serious, some serious workload and exposure you're getting. I love that. It's absolutely awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Is it a final message you'd like to leave with our listeners? Yes. No matter where you are in the world, no matter where you are, um, you know, Please be good to one another. In, in the state of the world right now, uh, where we're in, where there's just so much hate, so much, you know, uh, distaste for, for, you know, one another, you know, be good to each other. Try to do something good in the world. Um, there's so many people that are out there that, especially in these times, are in need. They need help. Um, you know, be that person who, who will take, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour uh, to donate, not money, Donate some time to a charity that you believe in, um, you know, and, and not only are you going to be helping somebody else out and making them feel good about, you know, you being there and, and helping them to, to sometimes even survive, um, but you're going to feel good about yourself because you're doing something good for someone else. So um, I, I, you know, encourage people to, to just do the right thing, pay it forward and just be good to one another. Well, well, Brim. The Real Brimstone, thank you so much. It's been awesome to have you on. I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you being here and your, your energy and your vitality. So thank you. And uh, listen, may, the, may there be many, many opportunities ahead of you. So thank you. Honor and a privilege, brother. The mighty Pete Brim appreciates you, brother. Thank you so much. And uh, always, always keep that fire in your belly, bro. Awesome. Thank you. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without our great guests taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you. 